Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kason. And today we have some special guests with us, Kim Herbst and Tim Wendorf, who are both uh, great artists, and we brought them on for their expertise in the process of creating pixel art, because today's topic is going to be on what makes pixel art so special and endearing, even after decades since we've moved past that. We're into these, you know, HD graphics and thousands and thousands of polygons, but yet uh, a lot of indie developers are still using really great pixel art. So before we get started, I'll pass it on to uh, you first, Kim, and then we can move over to Tim. Uh, guys, introduce yourselves uh, and let people know um, what uh, what work that you've done. I'm going to put some of your work on screen as you are talking. And let me go ahead and just switch over. But go ahead uh, whenever you're ready. Um, hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, my name, as you said, is Kim Hurst. Uh, I'm a senior artist at Congregate. Um, I haven't done nearly as much uh, pixel art as Tim has, but um, I've been working on a game at Congregate, um, well, helping out really, uh, called Cosmos Quest, um, which is a mobile, mobile version of an already existing uh, web game. And, uh, and yeah, I think I, I also helped out on Trexels 2 is another, uh, another pixel game. And um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've, got, I've got some of your artwork up here right now. This is really, really cool. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. This is great. Uh, let me show. There's a couple more here. Hopefully, don't get in trouble. Here, but we did, a gun. we did soft one, so it should be okay. <laughs> it looks awesome. Cool. Yeah, she's an amazing okay. animator, right? Oh, thanks. Yeah. All right, and then you, Tim. We'll put some of your. All right. So, yeah, I've been doing freelance pixel art pretty much since 2003 when i first started i wasn't very good and but i made like 20 flash games we got bought out by zynga did some art director stuff there for a while and then quit to make my own game um, shadows of adam which released started a company around that and now i'm just like freelancing again all, all the art you're seeing up there is just Twitter and Instagram pixel dailies. So I've just been trying to like press my pixel art muscle and build a new following under my new brand pixel groover, which is my company name too. So it's kind of where I'm at. The work from uh, shadows of Adam, which some of our viewers have played for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we live streamed it a while back when it came out. Mm -hmm. So Um, for that game, I mostly art directed it. Nice. Oh, nice. Nice. Like maybe twenty percent of the art is mine, and otherwise, I just hired good artists. Yeah. So uh, I have the link up now for uh, Koromon. Is that what it's called? The mm-hmm. the Pokemon clone game you're talking about. This is something you're working on now yeah. as well, right? Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like uh, the UI artist and character sprite artist and icon artist for that game, and. I redid their logo recently, but they haven't updated it quite yet. Mm. I think they made a post about it, though. So Nice. Well, yeah, so so both of these artists are great. Um, 
I, I mean, I'm looking at some of this work and it's just, it reminds me of why I'm so passionate about the topic we're talking about today. I have lots and lots of thoughts on it. I tend to be long-winded, so I'm going to give everyone else a chance to talk first before I jump in and start, you know, losing my mind on stuff. But um, like I said, today's uh, today's topic is going to be on why this, I guess, form um, has been so long-lasting, despite the fact that, te- technologically speaking, we moved past it quite a long time ago. Why is it that it still is so special to us? Why do we why do we like it <laughs> so much? Why do we still use it as our as our main aesthetic, even decades after the industry technically moved past it? Um, and I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, but uh, before we get into that, I wanted to bring this up because this was something that. Um, a lot of people on Discord uh, sent to me because uh, we've we've talked a lot about how we would want to have remakes of some of our favorite games from the past, say the, on the NES or SNES, Sega mm-hmm. Genesis that time, how we would want those to be remade in the modern age. And we've talked a lot about Octopath Traveler, and there's uh, this mm-hmm. YouTube channel here that uh, kind of built the opening credits sequence, or at least a portion of it, in the style of Octopath Traveler. So you have this 3D environment with pixel art textures on the, the snow and the mountains surrounding, but with the, the pixel uh, sprites of the, the um, Magitek armor sort of walking right. through the snow there. Right. Um, really, really cool sort of proof of concept. It looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> really I, I don't know if I would want it to necessarily completely copy that is a, a remake of ff6 i don't know if i'd want it to exactly copy the style of um octopath in that in that way where they have like sort of the, the vignette the blurred vignette exactly and stuff with on all it. the atmospherics and you know lens flares and particles right. and they, they really went crazy with that in this they did, and in overkill. They did go a little overkill but <laughs> yeah a little overkill but, but as a general like concept in indie games right yeah. <laughs> I mean, Octo has a ton of bloom as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, they they spared no god rays, bloom, like, just everything. Just put every Photoshop filter on a screenshot and they're exactly. like, this is, it. <laughs> this is great, isn't it? Doesn't it look cool? Yeah. I, I remember when I, when I picked up that game, I turned a lot of those off or at least down as much as possible. And they they it is let you do intense. that, which is pretty cool. Mm. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you can turn down you, the effect. Wow. You're just playing yeah. with all the bloom. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, you can you can tune it can down a little bit so it's less intense. Go even higher with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I anyways, the question being, would you maybe not? Does this need to be exactly Octopath? But would yeah. you rather have this than what Square Enix would probably do if they made like a full, super realistic looking remake? Oh, totally. Um, yeah. I mean, that's true for me. I and and we'll get into. I mean, I'll certainly get into. Uh, the reasons why I would prefer them to go the pixel art route. But at least in this clip, they're showing it's like a 3D environment, kind of like um, Xenogears or something, or maybe a Grandia, where the environment is 3D, but it's got these really low resolution textures on them. So that at least is in keeping with the, yeah. the feel of pixel art, right? Um, but the characters, the sprites themselves are, are 2D. And I think. 2D. And yeah. also, their frame rate is about 
I don't know, four yes. frames a second or something like that. Whereas <laughs> yeah. the environment is moving by at like 60 frames a second. That's true. And then That's the pixels, true. they're still just doing their, brr, 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 which I find absolutely adorable, but yeah, maybe it. other people may not like it. <laughs> I do I agree aesthetic. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do pixel art if you're going to try and have a smooth 60 because things move pixel by pixel. And so, right. you know, right, right. but whereas you could still take advantage of the camera movements being 60, but the character animations, I don't think that's even possible. It's, I mean, it's possible. It's just not very pragmatic, especially yeah. from a development cost thing. Right. It's, it's and, a lot of frames. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a ton of frame. Not only that, like responsiveness, because there've there've been some indie artists who are great pixel artists and animators, but yeah, they put make like a thirty-two frame run cycle or a eighteen frame I, get up a cliff you're cycle. Think of, uh, and um, they just want people to... from Castlevania. Oh, Castle! Like, oh, that you know what? Castlevania like, is an interesting. When kids run cycle, it was like the smoothest thing ever. It, it is, um, and he's also. Gosh, how but, he 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 was more than just thirty-two pixels tall, right? He they they kind right, of did right, a, right. they yeah, elongated, yeah, so right. he had more like, more range yeah. of motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like but, one way to do it well, because yeah. they had responsiveness. But so this one dude whose game, uh, he released a demo and people hated it because he like cared about the like you get up on the cliff animation so much uh, that he just like didn't even. Um, worry about how it would feel. So it would take like two and a half seconds in this like smooth sort of Metroidvania type game for your character to get up a cliff just so like people can see each individual frame smoothly. <laughs> and like the running and turning around, every single thing had that sort of like feel. So it's just not fluid. So well, I'll admit I've I've had to cut down on animations before. Cause like as an artist, I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna make this look as, as sweet as possible. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be like, you know, there's like 60 frames or something. And it's like, yeah. well, we're limited to like 12. It's like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, okay. Fine, <laughs> like, fine. And working within those boundaries is sometimes <laughs> what makes it even more, all the more impressive when you can pull it off. It, I think that's, that's what makes pixel art so, so exciting is those limitations uh, yeah. where you, you have to, you have to make, uh, really good decisions and uh, you know I'll have uh, a critique on an animation or on artwork that I've made and it's like oh can we just um, maybe take like one pixel off of this side or something it's like we can't like if we do we lose like you know this guy loses an eye like that's that's his eyeball like right there and um, <laughs> you know it's like we can change the color and then it's it's like uh, I was just describing this to a friend the other day like making pixelar it's like playing the first game of, of Mega Man where it's just like it's just trial and error you don't know what's gonna <laughs> you work don't know. and like <laughs> you just have to run through it and then and it's like well this isn't working like let's start from the beginning again and and like you just yeah it it just lends itself really well to that I think I mean, there's True. some formulas. Like, I could, I could, formulas. I could add to that just by saying, like, when I started back in 2003, I was a terrible, terrible, like, professional artist and okay, like, you show your family your artwork and they like, love it, artist. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, like, decided to start doing freelance stuff and I was able to, like, achieve the looks that these people wanted to a certain degree. And, like, now I could, like, do the same thing and it's like a rough sketch it would probably take me 20 minutes but at the time it took me maybe four and a half hours to do something that would take me 20 minutes now and yeah. 
but pixel art's forgiving enough that if you have a vision and an idea, you can accomplish it, right? Yeah. At least eventually. It's never mm -hmm. going to like stop you. And it's so small that right. each thing is such a big change that you can yeah, experiment. That's true. Every pixel, yeah. You can experiment yeah. and find the right solution eventually. Whereas, mm -hmm. like a full res, like Photoshop image of like the Grand Canyon or something with humans there, either you can <laughs> do it or you can't. You can do it with pixel art, but if you're doing like 4K hand drawn version, that's yeah. like a talent you it's, already it's have. It's a different. Have. It's a different skill set. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's another. That's another thing that makes that makes pixel art so uh, pixel art so endearing is is like it's it's almost um, it's kind of like everyone can almost do it. I'm not saying they can they can always do it well, but mm. everybody can give it a shot, kind of thing. And mm. you can definitely uh, have a lot of indie developers that that can just uh, jump into it, and there's not as large of a learning curve. Uh, compared to like if you were gonna be like oh, I'm gonna make a complete like 3D game in Unity or something, and it's like that's uh, a way bigger learning curve I think in comparison to yeah. like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna you know like I don't have to figure out how like the proportions on this guy's leg on how to make it move for a run cycle. It's like I just have to move these like three to five pixels yeah. and and mm. like get like the relative shape in there. Well, you know that that almost enables the the game like director designer people whoever's in charge for the most part and especially the writers it almost allows more time to be spent not so much on the you know those types of aspects of the game but like maybe more story writing kind of stuff maybe uh some battle systems that are unique and interesting because um you know so much is just the imagination with pixel art that yeah you know, I the think... game, you can you just have more room to do other things i guess because you're not perfecting the the climbing up the cliff cycle over and over <laughs> definitely definitely yeah. <laughs> i know square enix fell into that trap as soon as the 3d stuff hit in hd like with final fantasy 13 they're just like make these games as beautiful as can possibly ever be looked and and but then it's like they missed out on so much of the the story and battle system aspects that made the other games so good but yeah, it looked beautiful, sure. But like, my gosh, like the gameplay wasn't nearly as fun as those old games. Yeah. Right, Current right. Final Fantasies are just like blockbuster movies for the summer, right? But that's yeah. what happens no. when you focus just, on like, the special look. effects. Yeah. Really, really gorgeous particle effects. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's a couple of things in the chat here I want to bring up. First, Lego Dog says restriction breeds creativity, which I think is, we, I think we all agree. That that is pretty much maybe the baseline reason why I think so. you love it so much, and it, and it's because yeah. of two things. One, uh, the restriction breeding the creativity. Like, how do I because art is about expression, right? I mean, that that's what it is. You want to express yeah. an idea, an emotion, something in this unique way that's personal to you, and that will cause the people you're sharing that with to feel the same thing or, or get across the idea. And the more you're restricted on that the more you have to think of a creative way to get that idea across. And so when there are so many restrictions, uh, say on pixel art, like you have this little tiny guy that's, I don't know, 8, 16 pixels tall or whatever, how do you express that that person is sad? How do you express that that person <laughs> yeah. is excited? You know, um, so the ways that they came up with to do that, uh, uh, that's where the artistry really comes in. Yeah. Um, 
But on top of that, I think that there another layer to it that I really enjoyed about and what made older games so special to me was that it was they they came up with a lot of abstract ways of doing it. There were lots of abstractions in games back then for how do you get across the idea that we're traveling this long distance across the world. Well, we're going to blow up your character to the size of a mountain and it's going to take you two minutes to walk to the next town, but that's yeah. supposed to suggest... We're not meant to believe the character grew up to be this giant and moved across the world that way, but it's an abstraction that suggests large travel. Uh, we're not supposed to believe that the characters all just, like, went inside of the main guy and he started walking around as a single entity. (laughs) It's an abstraction that suggests, okay, we're going to travel with you now that we're now in a party together. We're traveling together. Right. And, and games were really full of that back in the day. And they came up with these ways of expressing that idea that were so, adorable as case and use the word uh, endearing that's... just it just makes you smile it's just like that's yeah. such a clever idea yeah. right and that's that's one right. of the reasons why i love it so much i don't know how you guys feel i think modern video games it kind of the, that's the word abstraction is less a, a thing anymore like there there are less abstractions now it's all just kind of there and you don't have to do anything but humans are really good at abstraction and that and that's how stories are essentially they're representations you know they're they're abstractions of all the whatever protagonists antagonists that you know people have encountered throughout the years and you tell a story that's archetypal whatever and that's humans are really good at that and then we're just slowly moving away from that by basically eliminating all abstractions um that the mind and that's i don't know it's I, i i think that's a big key to why it's so different now yeah so something something like gradius and like power ups, Radius. right? They used yeah. to they used to just be like a floating letter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't get away with that. Now. Sometimes those abstractions become like a permanent fixture and like a trope of a game, yeah. like a heart piece, for example. Oh, like wow. in Zelda <laughs> now, it's a literal heart pieces, right? Zelda does Whereas, a good job of maintaining a lot of those abstractions yeah. with sort of realistic gameplay. Right, right, right. I think yeah. oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I was going to say, um, like, my background is initially in, in illustration, and mm-hmm. uh, we do a lot of tips and tricks of, like, it, like what, what they would do back in old school pixel games, where it's, it, does, uh, it does rely heavily on, like, iconography in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I think those simplified shapes and, um, you know, just images that let our imaginations run wild, it helps us, like, just as a player, like, put yourself into the role way more than if you do have like a really, really rendered world. Like you can see the character and stuff. And um, in, you know, let's say like if you're playing Bloodborne or something, uh, you know, it's, I don't know if you see yourself as that character or like it's, this is, this is the character. Like that's, you know, that's who I'm playing, but I don't, I don't really like relate themselves to, to me as much as like, if I'm playing as like pixel characters where it's like, they're really, really tiny. And I can imagine them like sort of kind of as like what they what they look like in game, but like my imagination can run so much more wild um, from those limitations um, in a sense. So that's yeah. just that's just why I love them personally. But yeah. <laughs> well, I, this is kind of an on the spot question. Um, 
you know, hopefully you guys have some good examples. But based on kind of this line of thinking we're going on, do you have examples from your own work where you felt like incredibly restricted by whatever the director was asking of you or whatever, but that in the end your mind kind of worked around that restriction and cre expressed what you meant to express through the art uh, in a way that was like, oh, wow, you know, I was able to to get that across, even though I felt like I might not be able to because of the sure. restrictions placed on me. I could I could jump in because so for Quartet, Tyler's game that we talked about earlier in the beginning, mm -hmm. he's got eight different main characters and I constrained all of them to 18 by 24. That's the like sprite size that they have to be. And mm. part of that reason is because we're going to use Shadows of Adam, the tile sets for that game. Uh, so, and those are 16 by 16 tiles and they were made for 16 by 16 characters. So hmm. these characters are actually kind of bigger scale than the tiles were even made for, oh, except wow. for the tiles themselves were made bigger than the characters they were made for. So it sort of balances out. But my point was, is that one yeah. of these characters is a giant hippo from a zoo. And so like where I where I filled out this space and I have these eighteen by twenty-four humans, now I have to like fit a hippo in that exact same size. Mm. And just like the three quarter view top down perspective, mm. like when you turn a hippo to the side, now all of a sudden I have eighteen pixels, which is like two and a half feet. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Scale to like fit a hippo to make and make it look chunky. As chunky as a hippo versus a human, and it worked. It somehow, yeah, worked. I was gonna say, so how was, do you feel? You the guys result are crazy. So <laughs> I ended up having to like bump up the size from sixteen by twenty-four to eighteen by twenty-four to make that happen. Wow. But I was like, this is the only way it's happening, dudes. So <laughs> that was a consensus and compromise. We I was made. gonna say you were able to that. kind of shift the the boundaries a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. So. Aside from like working in um, like RPG Maker back in the day, where I really only dabbled with it because pixel art for me has always been really hard. Like when you have that limited of a space and you want to make an outline and make it like recognizable as a creature or whatever by the outline of it, but you also want to do some shading and just like make it look really cool. I just don't understand. Like, what is the process? Like, how long does that take to make a hippo? look like a hippo at that size <laughs> using that limited of a color palette. I mean, like, I think the, the thing is, is like all like art and um, understanding of art fundamentals applies to pixel art, the same as it would anything else. So like you have to understand volume and form and okay, color sure. and lighting and how all those things interact. Mm -hmm. But then you also have like these standardized rules of pixel art in general, like, how do you anti-alias something? How do you make a curve look like a smooth curve? Like how do you represent eyes or hands yeah. in certain like sizes? And it's just yeah. about abstraction of every individual part, but understanding yeah. it as a greater whole. And like definitely things like understanding perspective and form and volume play a huge part, even though you don't have to know them to do it. If you do, it just like cuts down the time and will inform your process from start to finish. Yeah. Mm. Oh. And like silhouettes, right? Silhouettes are super important. Strong right. silhouettes always help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The outline, right? Being recognizable. It's kind of the same thing like what you were saying with iconography, uh, Kim. Like yeah. when you're creating logos, like company logos, you want that logo to be 
recognizable from its silhouette. Like, yeah. without the color, right. without anything else behind it, that silhouette should be strong enough to people see that and go, I know what that is immediately. And I, right. I assume making pixel art would be the same. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially, yeah, when you're, like, making items for a game or something and you want the player ah, to yes. <laughs> be able to recognize it, like, immediately. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite yeah. thing to do. If I can <laughs> do, make like 16 by 16 or 32 by 32 item icons every day, I would do that probably for the rest of my life. <laughs> I guess there's uh, less animation needs when that when that kind of thing happens. A couple of um, comments here from the chat real quick. Yeah, I saw uh, one really good Lego one. Dog says, Mother 3 has hippos, and it's one of the best RPGs ever made. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Uh, <laughs> Metropolis brings up Terranigma, which also has hippos in it. So, I mean, you're on the right track with that game. Whatever that game is, it's going to be good because it's got a hippo in it. So, nice. um, uh, dude, I was going to mention another comment. Dude McGuy um, said something interesting. He was talking about the day-night cycles mm, yeah. and how um, they still happen in common games today, like Final Fantasy XV. And they're still like 10 minutes long. Like it's not a real 24 hour day night cycle. It's more of an abstraction. And I would also add to that games like, um, like even call of duty or something when your, your character's running around and you're getting shot at. Right. And you, you're not dead. You're, you, you kind of freak out and your, your, your vision starts to narrow and it's like, Oh no, no, what's going to happen. And it's like in the game, you're getting shot, but in, the re-abstraction you're supposed to pull from it was no you're just getting shot at and once you get hit then you're dead but once you've been shot at for a long enough time then you actually get hit and so it's like you know you you, they kind of still do a little bit of that abstraction now but it's just not what it used to be i guess (laughs) sure uh kim did you have an example from your work that you wanted to share where you were limited and came up with something interesting due to the limitation or let me think. Um, again, I, I just haven't done nearly as much pixel work as as Tim has. Um, I mean, in in a sense, the work that you were showing, like the, those were those were. Um, uh, goodness, I'm trying to think. I don't think I really had that many limitations, it, unless it was animation based, um, mm. where I think we had to stay under a certain amount of frames. It just it had to be uh, as yeah. fast as possible. Anything that was like battle effects, it was like, it has to be as quick as possible. Nobody wants mm. to watch like the 10 minute Final Fantasy cutscene. <laughs> some people do, like, but yeah. I some people do, like the first time you watch it, but when, when it's like- Yeah, the summon. You know, Gotta be able standard, to skip it. Standard battle, like that, yeah. Like that cannon firing animated GIF that I sent as a sample, it was like, it has to be like you can't go over a certain amount or something. It was like okay, sure. and yeah. you know you want it. It's like ah, uh, as an artist, you always like want it to look like really, really cool, and like add in like all these these effects and, and particles and stuff. And it was like now I have to like cut it down by like half as many frames or something. I was like ah, uh. so that's that's always yeah. like key to remember. Like oh right, this is for a game. It's not just to be viewed on the internet or something. Like it has to be functional <laughs> as well. Um, so keeping function in mind is is always important. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. You bring up um, that it's not just about the number of frames, but the length of the animation itself too. Because I, I now that I think on it, yeah, a lot of battle effects in in the RPGs I played growing up, they were very snappy. And I, most of them, yeah, yeah. Kason and I come from a visual effects background, yeah. So like. <laughs> 
thinking about, say, doing an explosion or some kind of cannon fire like you were talking about, um, usually we would have a, a smoke element that would sort of like we would want that to hang and last and dissipate naturally, like over the course of maybe a couple of seconds, maybe five seconds or something like that, like like smoke would naturally do. But I right. assume that for uh, cannon firing in in uh, as a battle effect in a pixel art game, that would need to disappear probably in less than a second, right? They would want that animation done with, and so making that smoke like dissipate yeah, it, it, it can't in... linger. Yeah, <laughs> it can't linger. Can't be cool. I think most pixel art battle effect animations are probably less than three tenths of a second long. Yeah, mm. it's super mm. fast. With running at like point zero eight. Uh, seconds per frame. So I don't know oh, it's yeah. like twelve frames yeah, 12, or something 12 like frames that. A second, yeah, something like yeah. that. So yeah. you got eight, eight frames to. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. It's, it's something I hadn't considered. Uh, two two comments real quick. One from Jonah the man. Uh, when compared to realistic visuals, pixel art visuals have fewer variables that can be screwed up, which makes it easier to perfect the overall look. So that is one thing that you mentioned earlier, Kim. That you were saying, you know, anyone can get into it. Would you say yeah. it's fair? It's fair to say that um, it's easier to get into, but also, I mean, still just as difficult to master it, though, to really make something look beautiful in pixel oh, art. Definitely, yeah. I think it's. I think it's something. Like I said, there's like way less of a learning curve. Um, you know, like you're not going to get like really weird, uncanny valley as much, like in sure. pixel yeah, art, compared to like if you tried to draw it and and 3D model it. Um, yeah, there's so much less um, extraneous things that you have to you have to think about and worry about. Um, but I do think it it does take um, a while to master. I I don't even think I, I've remotely mastered it. Um, you know, seeing just some of the stuff that that gets that get posted online and um, it's like, man, like why? Like, I keep thinking like, why didn't I think of doing this or or that or the yeah. other? It's like or or even just. Um, uh, the color palettes that people are using these days compared to to what we grew up with, um, but the you know I think there's a lot of really really gorgeous stuff uh, coming out there uh, from a lot a lot of people um, compared to compared to like if you were an independent developer and you were trying to make like you know something as rendered as Final Fantasy 15 or something <laughs> like it's just you know you, sure. it would take such a it just takes so many more people to make a game like that compared to compared to a pixel game. Um, well, you know that actually goes right into another question that we had earlier. Um, Swan Knight 14, and maybe you can um, kind of transition into this here. Swan Knight 14 asks, why don't they produce AAA games in pixel art these days? Uh, it continues saying, my my favorite style of 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 art in games is pixel art, and I think it's the same for many video game players. There's no, I think that's not a true statement. Most people are not Ooh. interested in pixel art as like a blanket like genre to capture a large audience. It's still like more of a niche genre in certain types of gamers who are interested. But like your average like. 40 year old dad who's played Madden all his life isn't going to ever pick up a pixel art game, period. Whereas he might pick up Call of Duty or <laughs> Uncharted, stuff like that. Yeah. Or even like Souls, Dark Souls, whatever. All those types of games. They're mm -hmm. like, they have more of a like movie aesthetic to them 
and yeah, just like, why don't you see more pixel art movies, right? Probably because Adam Sandler ruined it for everyone. But... <laughs> I've never thought of that before. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, no, no, no one cares. Like Wreck It Ralph, that's still even like niche, yeah. but people liked it and they found out they can like that kind of stuff. But they only do it because of it more of a quirk than a, something they truly love. It's you true because that game still, or that movie still looks very visually stunning. Right, right, right. Right. So that's my take on that one. <laughs> so, uh, running on that line of thought, though, because um, I have a couple things I want to bring up here. I'm getting a little scatterbrained, but let's take it one at a time, I guess. Um, you know, we're we're here discussing, and I mean, everyone in our chat is going to be, for the most part, people who grew up during the the '90s, the Super Nintendo age, uh, in particular. I think was really special to a lot of us, um, yeah. and so we all really appreciate that. Ex- the way that those artists expressed those ideas and those emotions back in the day, but certainly most people playing games today are not those of us who are now in our 30s and 40s or whatever, right? Those people right. most likely, not. I mean, a lot of us still play a lot, but I think the, the vast majority of kids who played a lot of video games back then, there's not maybe not the vast majority, but a lot of people have dropped off. They they don't play games as much anymore as they used to. Mm. And most of the people playing games today are younger people. So teenagers and, and young people today. And uh, Kaysen has experienced this w- even with his wife, who's yeah. a little bit younger than we are. She has yeah. a hard time going back and appreciating the older pixel art. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> I got a Super NES classic and I'm just <laughs> like, oh, because my wife and I, we played Stardew Valley and she she actually like, she was okay with that pixel art, right? And I was like, okay, you like Stardew Valley? I'm going to show you Harvest Moon, all right? I plug in Harvest Moon and she's like, what is this? It, <laughs> she did not want to play it at all. And it was like the day night cycle was way too fast and it's like, there's a lot less you can do. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Stardew Valley did more stuff, but this is the original. She didn't care. She didn't care. Stardew Valley, yeah. I think, is as, as pixel arty as she can really stand. Do you oh, yeah. guys do you guys as you're as you're creating your games, is that something that comes up as a concern at all in terms of like, you know, trying to reach as many people as possible? Or are you just trying to kind of target more of the people who grew up in the same age that we did? Yeah, I mean, uh for Shadows of Adam, we, we understood that we were gonna have not a humongous audience. We already we started from the get go targeting classic RPG players, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like that was that well, was like Shadows of Adam was was like. But I mean, we did use some modern <laughs> things funny. like uh, filter effects and stuff like that. Sure. And overlays, and I don't know. But we didn't we didn't go too crazy with it all. But I think I think that's the game like the, with some newer ones like maybe like Shovel Knight and stuff where you you play on the nostalgia for our for our age group like that's. Like it, it harkens back to like the old games that you might have liked. And I think maybe Stardew also does that of like, oh, like I really did love Harvest Moon. And so now I'm going to play Stardew Valley, which it's, you know, it's like the Skyrim version of like exactly Harvest Moon or whatever. Right. My theory so is Stardew more. Valley. Um, Stardew Valley is essentially <laughs> what Harvest Moon 64 would have been had they maintained their pixel art, um, like aesthetic as opposed to pushing into this 3d and and maybe having some limitations because of that right yeah Yeah, i think i just think like those those particular games are are um 
they're, they're definitely playing on our nostalgia and maybe for people yeah. that did not play those games uh the the originals growing up i mean they can appreciate the newer ones but yeah um, it's like they have find a middle ground there yeah the if there's like you know if there's less on the graphics um in the older games you know more more so than now um and less on the gameplay it's like it's, it can be understandable why new players may not enjoy it as much um right as long as they recognize where where it originally started from <laughs> i know true but yeah it's, it's about gameplay right like the yeah. only reason shovel knight's successful is because it has good gameplay right right attached to the pixel art and yeah, it's good pixel yeah. art on top of that which like that's another thing calling back to something we we're saying earlier about how hard it is to like really master that is like sure you could make like one good standalone piece of pixel art even right but how are you gonna like make an entire game look like that and feel like that one piece of art so I just shared with you on Discord, Tim, and I sent okay. an email to you as well, Kim, of um, a little gift from, I think it's the new version of Berserk, that remake that they did. Oh, God. on the screen yes. now. <laughs> and, like, it's exactly what you're saying, though, Tim, is that, like, just because you might be able to do one aspect well and make it look good, say, maybe the background there or even, like, I don't know, some aspects of the character, but that animation is just... It's- awful yeah. <laughs> and and if even if you get just one element of it wrong yeah. like it's going to be distracting rather than something you look at and go like oh wow and you appreciate it and you like get like the sense of how that character's feeling in that moment it's just total distraction. i really want to know what that dude is feeling <laughs> walking <laughs> like that to make him walk oh, that way because I'm, I'm dog sitting this 14 year old dog and she'll like slow motion walk towards the door if she has to go out and get slower and slower the closer she gets to it up to like it'll take her swear to god 12 seconds for her to lift her paw and put it down to move her next paw Mm. by the time she's super close to the door and that's kind of what that guy walking makes me think of (laughs) he's like why did you do this to me i don't want to live Okay, uh, we have one other comment that I wanted to let you guys kind of talk about for a second if we have a chance. This comes from Squareheart. He says, can you discuss the differences between developing more realistically proportioned sprites like Street Fighter or Castlevania versus the more squat sprites in Final Fantasy 1 through 6 or Octopath? How does does that affect animation? Hmm. You guys have any thoughts on that? How would it it affect it, I feel, pretty clearly in the fact that one has like real human anatomy and limbs and a 3D sense of space and volume that has to be replicated. And they use a lot of rotoscoping for some of the old Capcom games. Ah, like so that's drawing. something you can't, uh, yeah. that's that's something like you can't do with the squat sprites like at all. Right. right? So, I mean, yeah, try and Ooh. rotoscope. Do you want to explain walking. the process of rotoscoping real quick for the for the? Know, I'm pretty sure you just just like tracing outlines of an actual filmed version of what you were trying to draw or animate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was somebody a doing whatever, and then you trace it out, and then you have like essentially yeah. a sprite silhouette yeah. right. that's doing the yeah. move that you want yeah, to do, they, and then you can create the art. Yeah. If you if you've ever seen it, I, and I don't know if you can find it online, but the making of um, the Mortal Kombat. Um, there they got 
actors, I think it was only like two or three people maybe, but they got them to dress yeah. up in the, the costumes mm, and they, yeah. they videotaped them doing all of these moves and stuff and and got them like up on pedestals and everything to get them uh, horizontal if they were doing like a flying kick and stuff. And then they ah. would just take the footage and they would draw on top of it to to make the to make the uh, the sprites. Uh, it's yeah. pretty cool. But That's pretty smart. amazing. That's so I smart. I read a like magazine, a video game magazine during like Mortal Kombat 2 when it actually came out and they went over some of that process. It's it's interesting. Mm. I mean, cuz I felt like I didn't know any other games that were that were doing that. Mm, um, no. like I I don't know what they they did for like for Street Fighter and stuff, but um, again, uh, for games like that, that, that I think about, like, if you do rotoscope, you do need to take in, uh, a little bit of, um, like a pinch of just like creativity in there and like, I was going to say um, uncanny valley. Can, yeah. Right. Like right. sometimes, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to end up with a walk cycle that you, that you just showed of that guy moving across the screen. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> yeah. like, you, you know, you want to exaggerate certain things. Yeah. Um, and this, and then that's where, uh, <laughs> at least at least with like effects and stuff, especially when you have the, the larger uh, pixel people with like the the, um, the bigger proportions or uh, you can start doing really cool animation effects um, where you're smearing colors and things like that. So if somebody slashes their sword and you see that that flash of, of light for like one or two frames and- Yeah, just color, briefly. But, um, that's, that's uh, I mean, that's fun to add in. And you tend to, I feel like, see it more with the the bigger proportion people because there's mm. only so so much you can do when the person's arm is only like three pixels long. But <laughs> it grows to like yeah. eight. Right. That's what I'm gonna do after this <laughs> chat. I have to start <laughs> animating some of those guys. Just exaggerate. So. Yeah. And I mean that. I think it it, it lends itself. Again, that's the experimentation. Like when people would get hit in in pixel games, like their eyes would like bug out of their their face yeah. and stuff. And yeah. like you had to really show the expression. It was like, how do we, how do we show like these people are happy or sad or they they're hurt? Um, uh, that I think lends itself really great to the the really squat people because you can just be like as cartoony <laughs> as possible. Right, because they already look like totally just so like who who has a head that's literally half the size of their right. entire body. Like, I can't imagine like Alucard from Castlevania having like his eyes bug out like in the same way. Like that's just <laughs> yeah. the style of the game. But you know, yeah. maybe maybe make one like that if if it fits the character. I think yeah. it's it'd be fun. Earthworm Jim uh, is somewhere oh, in yeah. between, <laughs> somewhere in between Alucard and like the muscle right. babies. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, two things, two things I wanted to bring up in light of what you're all uh, saying. Um, first of all, Kason and I, coming from the uh, the like we said, the visual effects and animation background, um, mm. we've done our fair share of rotoscoping, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And rotoscoping in sixty frames per second, like just <laughs> like going frame by frame and rotoscoping a person, you know, for for a five second shot at sixty frames per second is just. Terrible. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. But not when you horrible. when you can no. when you consider the fact that what what would you say most pixel art walk cycles are maybe what like um five frames or four frames or how many frames would you say go three, into like a three five seven. Yeah, 
Yeah. In in that that style of animation where the frames are very low, right? You go from one position to a punching position can sometimes just be one just one, one frame. frame of a difference, right? It's like <laughs> bam, which is kind of what like you were saying they do in like Mortal Kombat, for instance, or maybe Street Fighter. Some of those fighters, yeah. um, they, they're able to have those larger proportions because they kind of just snap into a pose as their next, um, as their punch or their kick or whatever it might be. There's very few frames of animation. So, you know, capturing somebody moving and then just, in, I guess in the Street Fighter's case, you would draw over the top of uh, of that video animation that you did. Or in, uh, in the case of um, Mortal Kombat, you're literally just taking a f- one of the frames of that person's movement from the video and just like sort of cutting out all the rest of them. Right. Yep. So animating via, um, um, rotoscoping like that is, is a really viable way for the larger proportions. We want to get realistic, like you're saying, um, anatomy and stuff like that. I know also that, Oh, sorry. What just, it definitely just has to be like a little bit of, of the creativity, like added back into that. Cause rotoscoping sometimes can go a little too far. Oh, I, I agree, for sure. Sure. And uh, a good example yeah. of a current fighting game is Skullgirls. And there's an act- actually an artist who broke down the whole, like, frame-by-frame process and that every, like, frame is hand-drawn. And mm. they have, like, 20 to 30 frame animations for attacks, but cut it down to 15. And it's just about keyframing what's important to, like, oh, yeah. sell the image. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, even as far back as the original Prince of Persia, I'm doing a video on um, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, and I do a little bit of history on the series leading up to it. The original game made for the Apple II, like back in 1989, uh, Jordan Mechner used rotoscoping as his main method for animating the characters. And Prince of Persia, from the beginning, has always been like revered for its animation quality. Um, and especially at that time, I don't, I don't know if there were other games that had done that before, because he came from a film background, which is kind of why he uh, used that technique. I don't know if there were other games that did it first, but it was one of the first uh, video games that used rotoscoping as a technique for animation. And you get that really fluid, realistic look from it. So uh, just going back to whoever originally asked that question, um, rotoscoping is definitely one way that you can can get some really realistic animations. But like Kim was saying, you know, got to add some creativity into that process as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I have lost... uh, lost the chat a little bit here, but I kind of want to move on into something else okay. real quick. Um, and getting back to abstraction, uh, for those of you in the audience or anyone who watches this, who, who maybe didn't grow up with pixel art, cause that was one thing we touched on, you know, how, how can, how difficult is it to try and like appeal to maybe modern gamers with pixel art? Is there, you know, is there, um, a hurdle to overcome there for you guys who are working on those games, right? It's really easy for me because I grew up and I, I guess I, I get it. I understand it, right? Like I know why it's so awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and why why choosing that aesthetic in and of itself is not just about capturing people's nostalgia. It is yeah. a legitimate, legitimate in and of itself an art form that is really creative in terms of its expression. Um, so I want to kind of go into some of the reasons why I think that is, um, and to sort of like lead off that conversation, uh, a lot of the same principles apply to, uh, 
like old cartoons, um, like Walt Disney and, and Warner Brothers with Looney Tunes and stuff from from back in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Um, you know, like you're talking about uh, the bug eyes, you know, as like when someone's really scared or, or surprised or something like that, their eyes just pop like out of their head, right? Um, that in yeah. and of itself is the kind of abstraction that we're talking about, where it's like you're just you're going way over the top in expressing this character's emotion in that moment. And, and there's something funny about it. It's comedic because like we, it's relatable. But obviously, we've never had our eyes blow out of our face when we get you know like frightened or something like that right but still feel that way though right yeah but it feels like that that's the key it's, it it's showing feels... us how we actually feel right yeah. like the the feeling is so intense that expressing it in that way is still relatable you don't go like ooh, gross his eyes popped out it's intuitive right yeah. and so um there is some there's some really uh i i watched a documentary on netflix called walt it was just about the, the life of walt disney and one thing that really stuck out to me is uh, when they were making um, some of those feature films in the 40s and 50s, uh, especially for um, like Snow White, Pinocchio and stuff like that, they got really creative in some of the ways, some of the techniques that they used. And the first link that I sent to you guys was the, the multiplane camera, the Wikipedia okay. yeah, article on yep. it. Um, oh, yeah. This was one of the techniques that they use to get a 3D camera movement effect on what is essentially a 2D drawing, right? right. So they have all of these um, layers on, the, on the, the build here, and they would overlay pieces of the entire composition below each other like that for what's supposed to be in the foreground and then middle ground and background and then they could move the camera and it would it would come together in such a way that it would look 3d so you guys don't have this link that i'm going to be showing but i'm showing a part of that documentary oh okay there we go so you see it kind of in action and it's going to show this um this camera move uh from the beginning of pinocchio i believe but you can kind of see how there's they have like holes cut in like the foreground, right? They only have the trees, but then it's transparent. The layer is transparent otherwise. Uh, that's cool. So parallax scrolling, right? Yeah, parallax. Yeah. And so the shot that's about to come up is going to show the opening shot from Pinocchio, which I hadn't seen since I was a kid. And I was like, holy, holy crap, that's not being done in After Effects like I use. Those are legitimately layers. Yeah, uh, like yeah I always wondered how they did paper. that kind of stuff. And then they can focus. They can focus from one layer and then focus on on the next one. Yeah. So they can bring things yeah, into the foreground can, or back into yeah. the background. Yeah. It's just like holy wow. crap! That is so creative. Such a creative, I guess, like r solution to the problem, right. right? Which is we're working with two D layers. How do we make it feel immersive in three D? Like we're moving through that town. Mm -hmm. Sure, I thought that... they just hand drew it frame by frame. <laughs> <laughs> I did too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> And while, of course, you know, as we moved into the digital age, which is, you know, what all video games are for the most part in terms of how the art is presented, um, they're not using an analog film to, like, film this stuff like in Pinocchio, right? But there's still, I guess, like, similar creative um, solutions to problems that they come up with, Um and so I'm going to kind of just go through now one by one and show off some of the some of my favorite uh, 
pixel art and animation from the games that I like. And, and you can see how they are using abstraction to get across an idea. In this first one, we have um, Final Fantasy VI, Terra has woken up in her like Esper form and she's just flying around the room really fast. And you can kind of get the sense, like the frenetic sense, the emotion that she's feeling of being like frightened of what's going on. Where am I? And you Mm -hmm. see the reaction of Sabin there, his hit like the bug eye expression (laughs) on his face when she jumps out of the bed. Right. Um, (laughs) Like you can see the level of attention to the detail in the animations that give across the idea and the emotions that the characters are feeling. And even though that's literally just two frames, we have Sabin's main sort of like profile frame there, and then a one frame change to his surprise, (laughs) and then her just going around. This is all really, really simple at its base. And, And I think a lot of people who might not be able to appreciate pixel art, they're only seeing that aspect of it. You know, it's so limited, but that is, that idea is so clearly um, expressed despite the limitations that it's just like, wow, like I can feel what the characters are feeling. And and to me, that's where the, the value of pixel art really like shines, right? If we're, if we, if this scene were remade in modern, like HD 3d, we could actually like zoom in on the character's face and get like, you know, they, they can actually do, um, yep capture of, of the actor's uh, actual yeah, facial expression. Michael Bay direct this one. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have a voice actress that you relate with with the character or the voice actors, yeah. you know, and, and um, you know, there'd be like really dramatic orchestral music um, and, and lighting and stuff if this was remade today. Um, yeah. And so lots of editing, like there'd be a lot of cuts here. Right. Yeah, it, but is it, it all is all that necessary? Probably not. Right. It's probably not for you know. It's it's just more uh, personal experience. I think with pixel games, you you imagine what they would sound like in your head. You imagine what their actual expressions compared to what it just looks like in pixels. But you would just right. imagine it um, so much more. And I think that's how it 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 um, it just really really gets us. Uh, involved in the game is that there's yeah. so much more reliance on the imagination. It's a yeah, good observation, and... right? It's but, a like yeah. show don't tell. Whereas nowadays, uh, yes. it's like we'll tell you directly what's <laughs> every happening. Every single thing, leave, every leave no room yeah. for interpretation whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, sure, you can <clears throat> capture all the nuance of the the facial expression and and the the breaking of the voice and i mean all that's valuable i mean i by no means am uh, you know advocating that we should only do it this way but (laughs) i'm saying that this is the reason this is so endearing over the years to me is that they're able to express the same thing with two different sprites with sab in there and maybe i don't know it looks like there's maybe three or four actual sprites for what they're doing with Terra there and then just animating her. Um, And you get the exact same idea. You feel the same things. You understand the exact same. You're expressing the same idea with such a limited set of tools. The the most, um, I think the, the greatest comparison I've had is, is like, it's like reading a book compared to seeing the movie adaptation. Oh, sure. Um, Sure. Yeah. Like you, you enjoy the book, uh, and the words are there, the story is there. Um, but so much of it is reliant on whoever's reading it to, to, 
you know, take it one step further. Um, yeah. Versus the movie where it's like, uh, you know, like some some movie adaptations are, are phenomenal for sure, um, but a lot of them have been kind of like lacking in some areas. And it's probably because we just imagined it differently in our heads, or or they yeah. just completely destroyed a franchise. But yeah, <laughs> people say, yeah, I like the movie better than the book. I, I like every now and then you'll hear somebody say that. Like it, I'm not saying it never happens, and there may be certain right. cases is the case 99% of the time I that I've ever heard those two things listed at the same time it's always been the book better than the movie yeah. it's almost never the movie better than the book. and there's a reason for that you know humans are they're able to kind of like visualize and build the world in their heads in a way that they can't do as well with the movie because it's just right there in front of them they just kind of have to, to take it for what it is yeah. but in a book the, the abstraction and the the um the how much it involves the reader in assisting the writer in crafting that world together you know it's it's something else and movies just don't have that as much and pixel art kind of finds a way to kind of maintain that within a video game it's so cool yeah, yeah. also what about like the amount of time invested in reading a book versus watching a movie mm-hmm. i mean yeah. there's just so much more put into that that yeah. unless you like hated it you're probably gonna like the book more than the movie. It's true, it's but why don't they make movies ten hours your, long then? Depending well, on like how you value your own time, at least I guess. That's a, that's yeah. a mini series. <laughs> yeah, now now they're doing that with a uh, Netflix series and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but even yeah. still, but no, I agree. There's more to it. That's just like <laughs> one small nuance I wanted to add. But sure, I think, there's a lot more time. Yeah, I think that goes back into what we were saying. Where you know tim what you were saying like you could you could devote much more time to uh gameplay and the story that you're telling in the game instead of you know focusing on like lighting and particles and stuff and in 3d modeling i mean pixel art it's it goes a bit faster you can do it with a smaller team and that way the the game designers can focus a little bit more on like this is the story we want to tell and this is the experience that we want to give to people and oh, maybe, sure. I mean, maybe don't lose sight of that. Yeah, works. <laughs> there's, there's definitely something to be said about the amount of time and effort and management that goes into making sure the game works, that it functions with all the complicated systems, that it doesn't crash. And versus, like back in the day, there's so much less to consider with that because the limits of, of the system, you know didn't allow them to implement so many different like lighting particles uh this and that and trying to render that all at 60 frames per second and like hit a certain benchmark uh there's so much time i think put into making the game work that in some ways takes away from the focus of making sure that the story and and all those other things are are being done the way that they originally visioned and a lot of cuts have to be made because of that right but here's here's something to consider is that at the time that they were making Final Fantasy VI, for example, Final Fantasy VI was cutting-edge pixel art at the time, and Squaresoft was always known for like trying to be above the curve for all the mm-hmm. graphics, even even during that era. So while we might not assume that they were like spending all this time and effort and energy on that kind of stuff, I feel like they, they probably, probably were. They probably like, know, that's how are we going to make? this Ultima smell look way better than anything that Final Fantasy IV ever did. Very yeah. like, true. Why isn't um, like Final Fantasy V good enough to go to the US even? And like, mm-hmm. why did Chrono Trigger go even further 
towards all these beautiful visuals and like yeah basically like chrono trigger is just a bunch of walking screenshots that everyone loves to see right <laughs> yeah it's beautiful that's what they like made it out to be but they still were able to do everything else on top of it i think yeah. that's true and that's oh, one yeah. of maybe the differences between why AAA studios don't make uh, pixel art games as much because pixel art today would be even more impressive than pixel art back then of course and um it would still take a ton of time and research into into making it so i mean that is a good point yeah, i mean in octopath that's sort of yeah. our clue to see what that is other than that you have like oh. some of the, i would call them like triple a indie games like owl boy um yeah Conrad, yeah that was like one. Mm-hmm. and there are a few other type of games like that that just have some of the like top pixel artists today right tower 57 yeah. by thomas yeah um all those games are a demonstration of what can be done with it now. And there's still challenges like with gameplay. And I would argue that some of those games, they don't even focus on gameplay enough and focus too much on their art Mm. because that's where their talents like resided. Right. Yeah. And they just wanted to put out a game that didn't exist in terms of that sort of aesthetic. Sure. Yeah. So I'm gonna kind of just fly through the rest of yeah, these. Yeah, go through these quick. ones. Um, <laughs> There's some cool. Yeah, cool we'll talk about them just here. for a minute, but you you understand the premise of where I'm coming from. But the second image here is Sabin looking out over that huge waterfall and just like looking at the the waves and the ripples in the water as it falls. The 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 ability to make water look like it's moving, and the foaminess of of the water at the bottom versus it looking like it's falling in those sort of like ripples and waves coming down. I mean, that yeah. that's a very, very tiny amount of space there. Very few pixels they're working with to get across that idea, right? Like to me, I can really appreciate the thought and effort that went into making that look like moving water. I mean, that's, that's really difficult to do. Yeah. Um, the next image, uh, again, is just overworld map. Tara's looking out over the ocean and you just have kind of that effect of the moving water. It, again, oh, yeah. it's like, it's super pixelated, but like you still get the idea. It, it gets the idea across, right? Um, the next one comes from uh, Valkyrie Profile. This is one of my favorite uh, compositions oh, yeah. from any 2D uh, <laughs> pixel art game I've ever seen with the, the grass swaying and the wind in the foreground and all those cloud layers in the background, the beautiful castle structures back there, uh, the, the rising sort of like flower petals that are also done in layers, some in the extreme foreground, some in midground, some in the background. Um, just so much going on there. Such a beautiful composition uh, accomplished with very limited frames in terms of animation, but just something that makes you sit back and go like, wow, like that's that's amazing, right? Yeah. Um, the next image, uh, one of my favorites from Chrono Trigger, the fire, the campfire scene, the way oh, that yeah. they have the, the lighting effect on the trees, sort of like outlining them, flickering like that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just sort of laying there by the fire. Again, very few frames of animation, but getting across a feeling of being by a campfire. The warmth of a campfire is really expressed well there. Mm -hmm. Um, The next image is the level up animation from Terranigma. Uh, He he sort of shoves his sword or or spear into the ground and you see this wind sort of blowing up from underneath him that moves his hair and his clothes. (laughs) Right. And it's like it's it's you can clearly see it. Uh, but like again, just this very with these very limited tools, there's you can see the individual pixels there in his hair that they're moving around, 
and but it's so cool looking it's just like oh it feels powerful it's like bam i just leveled up i just got stronger right like yeah. that that sense is communicated so clearly yeah. in that really uh, quick animation. And the next one would have been the last link I sent to you guys in the email. It's the YouTube video uh, that I made about Terranigma, but this is the only place I could find this animation. But what I love about this is you get the character's personality through the sw- the way he swings his legs like that as he's yeah. climbing. Because yep. he's, very, he's very mischievous and blunt. Um, I, I talk about him as being like the typical 90s kid. He embodies that very, very much. <laughs> And you see that in the way he moves in the game. They are expressing who the character is through his animation. And uh, right after that, there's, uh, again, uh, some examples of the power-up. I think that's the great attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah. Presenting a certain aesthetic. Uh, The next link is uh, Sabin and and Ga jumping around... (laughs) in uh final fantasy six you get this idea that they're excited they're you know i actually talk about this a lot with final fantasy seven too right because the remake's coming out and we're talking about all of the little yeah. nuance you can get in is expression. it coming out though uh, <laughs> it, someday <laughs> right hopefully we'll see um, e3's coming up so in any case though one thing that they did a lot in Final Fantasy VII is the characters would jump like this. They would just have these huge leaps. And it was expressing that the characters like, oh, surprised or excited or whatever. They didn't actually do facial animation almost at all in Final Fantasy VII. Um, even the way that they did with some of the pixel art in like FF6. Yeah, but like true. this, this something like this, the cartooniness of it, like we were saying with the bug eyes, we understand it feels like that. The abstraction works yeah. in a cartoon, yeah. but when you're doing something very realistically, you can't really do that anymore. You're not going to have Cloud jump, jump off the train. <laughs> He's going to walk off the train. So you're not going to have the same, you know what I mean? You're not yeah, going to get the same... Yeah abstraction is not right. going to work. I think it's understanding the like psychology of the human mind and how we're going to actually interpret these things. Yeah. Oh, sure. Them. Yeah. And yeah. just like having the foresight to know that because like, I mean, I guess they're doing tests and they like tested out this scene maybe in a couple different ways. Like, how do you guys feel about it? They're like, well, I think they need to jump more or jump less or, yeah in a circle and not in a circle all those (laughs) like small things and like depending who's doing it maybe they have enough intuition to have just known in the first place this is how we have to do it right sure there there was actually some user testing that was done um with with um really really complicated concepts like if the game's idea or concept was really really complicated they found that people liked simpler art styles to go with it uh, to combat the really, really complicated story that they were telling. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, I mean, this is, I think this was a decision when we made Cosmos Quest to choose the pixel art um, because they, they don't use it for the, the web version, but they said we're going to do it for mobile. Um, mm-hmm. But it was because it was like a, like a really, um, in, it gets to like really intangible concepts. Like you, you just evolve your characters to the point of like, they don't even have physical bodies anymore. It might even just be like light or something. And uh, they they found that people that were trying it out um, just handled it so much better when it was a just like pixel art, just like really simple style. 
Um, so that was that was an interesting take uh, to to hear that. Um, so it could be that you know when we when we see these these characters, you know, if, they, if we ever do see that Final Fantasy VII remake, um, you know, we're focusing too much on like like their precise facial expression, like does it look like Uncanny Valley to us and things like mm. that, versus like oh we should just be focusing on the story and we can just look at their right. their bug eyed. <laughs> questions if they get hurt <laughs> yeah well that's actually the next image that i have here yeah. is from Sagan densetsu 3 you have the knight fighting against uh durin at the very beginning uh in the tournament at the beginning and he strikes him and it's boom it's just like <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny right like that's in really endearing but if you're going to try and represent that in a realistic way like obviously you can't you can't you can't express it in the same way. It has right. to now become more of a more serious dark. You see the slash and the bloody and, and you know, you can't get across the same tone. No. What do you think that accomplishes? I feel like the bug eye accomplishes it. Like one makes you feel that this dude is human and not some crazy beast. And also that he's kind of like a joke, right? Yeah. It also makes you feel right, good, it's right? It's kind of a silliness. And, yeah, it <laughs> and makes you feel good. Like, like yes, I'm I did doing, this to him. I'm doing <laughs> yeah. This Instead of like, like oh, oh, I'm murdering this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm right. I'm powerful enough to make this guy look like that, react that way. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. It's, just, it's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. Keeps the tone uh, a little bit lighthearted in in a way that I think. Um, modern games you can't get it in the same way i'm not saying you can't get it at all but you can't get it in the same way right. unless you're going to use more of a cartoon aesthetic uh the next image is one of my favorite examples of abstraction this is from super mario rpg and it has mario yes. recounting to the toads the story of what happened <laughs> yeah um and he's literally transforming into bowser and replaying the scene then transforming into the princess <laughs> to to show the yeah. other toads what's happening but what i love about this is not just mario doing that i mean that's super clever because he doesn't have dialogue he doesn't talk he's a silent protagonist in the game actually he's a silent protagonist all the time i don't think he talks much just outside right. of let's he go and, right. yeah, yeah. so but the, look at how the toads react they get scared and they jump back and then they yeah. come in because they, they want to see it oh but it's bowser again and, and, and the two of them are hiding kind of in those little clefts down there yeah. right <laughs> like there's so much personality demonstrated yeah. in these super simple animations and this, yeah. and this yeah. abstract concept is immediately intuitively understood mario is telling the story of what happened <laughs> he's letting them know mm -hmm. you get that right away and it's super clever and it's funny and and there's all this attention put into the others who are watching and that they're very captivated by the story um <laughs> And and they do this a couple of times. The next one is is another example of this happening, where Mario transforms into uh, the dinosaur there, and and then you have um, Toad jumping up and down. Yes, exactly. He's excited. <laughs> that's that's right. That's exactly right. You know, um, Mario RPG had brilliant storytelling. Oh, it was yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably my favorite so, game ever. Yeah, it's way, uh, way up there for me. Mm -hmm. So the next image, I'm uh, getting into what you were talking about a little bit, Tim, with uh, what we can do with it now, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hyper Light Drifter is one of my favorite all-time games, and even from just an art perspective, um, you can see a lot of similar concepts to what we were showing before with making the water move, the lightning, all the particles in the foreground. Mm -hmm. The character has a, a few more frames of animation 
I think, than maybe the, the, the common SNES game might have had. And of course, this is higher uh, pixel count if that's the right terminology for it, than what you would have been able to accomplish. Uh, they're using more colors, that sort of thing. But they're still accomplishing the same... They're still putting the same limitations on themselves and accomplishing a look that gives across the same sense of abstraction. Yeah. Um, so that Hyperlight Hyper Drifter, that's a game that demonstrates the ability to like capture a certain aesthetic. And like they really mastered what they were going after right yeah that's yeah in the name of the game it's in the visuals of the game mm. and probably in the gameplay too i never played the game but oh it's awesome i just know it looks, it looks like it's perfectly oh. executed for what they set out to execute yeah and i think that's what separates great art in general but pixel art as well from yeah just anything mm. yeah uh, the next uh, set of images here, the next link, just has a bunch of images that I thought were really, really cool of modern pixel art. Um, again, don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse with the same talking points, but there's just something so cool to me about how they are able to express and and compose these scenes mm-hmm. with such limited color palettes and pixels and frames of animation but you can see the story being told in them still i think it's also our respect uh well seeing you know respecting it because of those limitations like wow they were capable to of of conveying all of this with so little you know i i see sort of um a similarity there between like someone who actually paints on a canvas with oil yeah. versus someone doing digital art. And it's not that the digital art isn't amazing. It's just that the tools you have in digital art give you all a lot more to work with. If you make a mistake, you can undo it. Uh, you can just layer things over the top of each other. Um, in, in ways that you can't do, you have to blend the colors. You have to actually paint over the top of the, the, well, the other layer that you did. I think a lot of these examples are using gradients. Which wouldn't oh, be sure. like true pixel art. That's that's the like point. True pixel art has to be control of every single color. So that's if you're true. using a gradient like that, then and that's like hyperlight drifter too, which is fine. And like Shadows of Adam, we use different blend modes that also affect things. But so I mean, it's like an updated. Not necessarily <laughs> respected the limitations of pixel art exactly, and yeah. I would say that they're just. Like Kim is saying, it's like just using those limitations that might appear more impressive, but the same thing could be accomplished in Photoshop. And the only difference there will be the lines are less blocky and there'd be like a smoother curve. Sure. Um, okay. And then just two last ones. Uh, again, uh, I love the, the, the limits of the frames for this animation here as he's jumping around. Obviously, this is far more advanced than any animation you would have seen on the SNES. So again, you're using updated tools, kind of like you're saying, yeah. but keeping vector, the same vector. feeling, which is still, it, it might not be, I think it's it might vector, be more right. vector, but uh, si- similar, like, I guess, like animation principles, right? The yeah. use of abstraction. Um, mm. And then the last thing I wanted to show was a trailer for The Last Night. I don't know if you guys have seen this. This is one of the most beautiful 
games <laughs> visually I've ever seen. And of yeah. course, definitely not using the limits of pixel art the way that <laughs> yeah, you're talking it's a, about. It's too. a mix of, of uh, but of man, does this look great. But I think this is akin to the the Octopath um, Final Fantasy yeah. trailer, where they're just yeah. mixing those together really, really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're you're again placing certain limitations on yourself in terms of like the character's size and how can you get across what the character's feeling in this small pixelated little guy. But of course, they're using lighting effects, like modern lighting effects from maybe like Unity or Unreal or something. Yeah, like I was that, gonna say right? this looks like Unreal or something like that. I think <laughs> yeah. I think they're doing like normal mapping and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah, with but, and like bump maps and yeah, all that the kind of tricks to yeah. But it is great. I think it's a if you're going for that like voxel look, mm -hmm. I've never yeah. seen it done better than yeah this. the voxel. Mm -hmm. yeah, this is like a good. It's a good compromise between where video games seem to be headed now and mm -hmm. where you know video games preserving i i think the tradition of the past with pixel art as something like this is something that i absolutely am drawn to oh i dude. think it's a great direction yeah, yeah. i i mean if i were to make a video game that <laughs> is what i would want it to look like yeah it's like, not right something there. like that <laughs> uh uh, that that's that's like that's hitting it right on the head for the style I think that I would want to do in the modern age. Right, do you yeah, still like to do enough abstraction, jumping up and down in the game, <laughs> or like terror, <laughs> smashing into walls on the street? Sure, yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> so that kind of wraps up, I guess, my feelings on uh, what makes pixel art so endearing to me it, it's it's really boils down to the use of abstraction and the limitations of the form to get across the same ideas and the same emotions to the the player or, or the consumer whether you're doing like a, even if it was i don't know um say like a what do you call it visual novel or something like that um being able to work with creatively the limits of of this form and and still be able to get across all of that in a really great story um to me there's just an, a deep appreciation i have for that um the artistry and the, the creativity and the uniqueness of the form that uh does it for me in in a certain way that um while i still of course love modern AAA games. I mean, God of War was awesome last year. Uh, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption back in 2010 when I played that, you know, I, right. I, I still, of course, enjoy that. And, and all the nuance they can capture in those minute details are wonderful. But pixel art, to me, being able to express the same things with just a couple frames of animation, uh, there's something about that that's just like, it just makes me smile. I I just I I don't know I love it. It's so cool how they were able to get across those same ideas. So yeah. Um. Okay. I did Anything have else? one. Go ahead. We had this one thing to talk about. Just wanted you yeah. guys. This may be a little more lighthearted thing. Doesn't need to be too long. But what are your opinions on the smoothing pixel art in smartphone remasters of say final oh, fantasy six or other games what do you the think about that? In hell. 
Yeah, I was, I was so excited because I heard, wasn't it like, I think Chrono Trigger or something was... Yes, yeah, Chrono like, Trigger had a... I was so, report. so excited, and then I saw it, and I thought, oh, no, what did they do? Like, so that, he, I didn't even know that my was question. <laughs> <laughs> my question is why? Why... Why does that, I mean, it's the same size. It conveys similar information. The color palette's similar. Why does that it. not work as well as pixel art? It loses that information. It's like oh, yeah. the way that it like melts together and blurs. Yeah, muddy, muddy, the muddy. sharpness and distinction of what was trying to be transpired in the first place. It's so, like, yeah. It's who, like I don't know who their target is with that. <laughs> exactly. It's no man's sure. land. It just was like. It was like just get it out the door type of thing, but it's akin to like when you watch Netflix and the quality suddenly drops and like people's faces are like, it's like I don't ah. know who I'm watching on the screen, and it's like it's the same yeah the compression yeah. game, and it's like why would you do this like, yeah I want to say it was just like somebody up top was like just just get it out the door kind of thing. I'm sure there was a lot. I'm yeah, sure there was a lot that went into it, but it was a really weird decision to and to do that. and to challenge challenge why it's lazy even more is they have terrible UI that they like uh, got from mobile games. Then they yeah. imported it into steam and one, they didn't think through the UI in the first place. It oh, looks yeah. like, mm. looks like something you make in like, what, what is that? I don't even know. Some like <laughs> chief, some chief UI thing, PowerPoint, right? PowerPoint. Like, yeah. <laughs> they asked their intern to make the UI in PowerPoint and they're like, great ship it. <laughs> didn't seem to think about the ux or the visual appearance and then yeah. and then even when they got backlash on steam for chrono trigger and the weird sprites right i think they went back and made them pixelated that it yeah. didn't fix the ui in any of it i know i know but at least they gave the people sort of half of what they wanted yeah just don't <laughs> do it is my point let yeah, us I, let us pirate them or i remember I, I put up I put up a video on the Steam version of Chrono Trigger back when they were doing all those updates to try and fix its original state because people were so pissed off about how awful it was on Steam. And uh, one of the things they added in was the ability to turn that smoothing filter off right. and just yeah. have, you know, the, the sharp, rough, pixelated edges. And I remember making like some... A middle, a middle one, too, where it's I like think it's just pixely. two. It's, it's okay. either on or off. Okay. But um, I... I remember making some offhanded joke like now you don't have to play the game in this awful form. You can actually have it look good. I, I don't know, something just random like that. And I was actually mm. surprised to see how many people responded and were like, either they didn't see the difference because they were watching on a cell phone, right? It's a small oh, screen. Oh, that's the yeah. Uh, yeah. Or two, they were like, what are you talking about? The other one looked way better with the smoothing. And I can never understand that. I will never in my life understand that. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, how can you, oh, it's just, I, it baffles me. I don't get it. So maybe they did do some testing on it, and and some people kind of did like it better, but it's just wrong. I, I call back to wrong. Those people are wrong. <laughs> argument that pixel art games are niche, and people don't really care for them as much as we think. Exactly. Yeah, right? well, that's, what you're a, saying that's a point. If you want to capture a new audience for Chrono Trigger, you just got to, like, Especially make for, it look like a five-year-old through it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we got one from Ride here I want to bring up real quick. He says, It's interesting to think that the original Doom, among other early 90s PC games, are sprite-based as well. Has pixel art become too synonymous with just JRPGs and platformers? 
Um, that's a good point. I mean, a lot of those first-person games that yeah. had releases, I think Doom also came out on the Super Nintendo, right? But yeah, originally mm-hmm. PC games uh, were using were using pixel uh, pixel art as a, and sprite-based work as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Pilot that Wings, Flight Simulator. I yeah, think that yeah, those yeah. those were the first genres. I don't want to say first. Maybe, anyways, you, you might get the idea of what I'm trying to say. They were the first to try and move into. We want this to look more realistic. I think, especially yeah. in the first person view. Like if I go play, back and play the original Doom, yeah, to me it hurts my eyes a little bit. And I don't know if that's so much the fact that it's sprite based as much as maybe it's just the art direction. It, 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 there's too much of a monotone sort of color uh, palette to it. And it's, it's kind of hard to determine. Yeah, uh, the point of view I think mm. is swinging is so widely there. all the time. Yeah, low and or low frame rate could be it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is true that when we think of pixel art, we're mostly thinking about side scrolling or top down sort of views. Yeah, yeah. You, you can see so much, especially for RPGs. I mean, it's why pixels lend themselves so well to it is because you can see so much on the screen at once, and your 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 mind can take in all the information, like all these characters, trees. Um, of whatever and then yeah. when you have it in like a straightforward view that you can you can look around in i think mm. that's where that point of view gets um it's a little difficult like for the mind to to really register all that information because you i think that's, that's true. your that's your point of view like when you look up and right and do so minecraft <laughs> is that right that's true <laughs> yeah that's but, true but people have mods to make it look betterish Minecraft is one of those anomaly games uh, that be around forever. That's a weird one, yeah. And it is about like basically building stuff with pixels anyway. So I know it's the voxel, like it's so weird. Whoever had the idea for that, like the the what what are they called? I can't remember the company, but just insane. I can't believe it hit. It's like the most popular game ever made ever. Like, jeez. You know, if you ever want to like give give yourself like the pixel experience, I had this uh, recently because my computer did not have a graphics card. Oh, I was waiting nice. for it to come in the mail, and I decided oh, okay. to try Overwatch when it first came out. Oh, jeez. And it played like an old school like '90s PC game. It was all pixelated, and I was like, I would really love to see that. It was a very interesting experiment. I don't know if huh. I could play the game like this, and I felt so bad because I knew how. How gorgeous the artwork was in that game uh, um, but if you ever want to see it like that just you know take your video card your graphics card out and, <laughs> and try it it was a really crazy uh crazy thing to see that would be fun wow. but since the game wasn't designed for pixel art it wouldn't actually right it would exactly. probably be pretty difficult it was, yeah. it was a really rough around the edges yeah. but it was it was just like <laughs> all right like let's let's try this game out <laughs> oh, that's funny so all right. Well, okay. uh, I think it's probably about time to wrap up. We've been going for a while, but before we close out, um, I want to share a couple of uh, of our community's uh, stories, uh, work that they've been doing here in the resident art community. Um, I didn't send you guys these links. I should have done that, but I'm just going to put them on the screen for uh, the viewers to see. Uh, the first one comes from Mo Senko. says, hey, I know I, uh, you have a deep appreciation for music that I can relate to. Um, he's done a a little video here on uh, Nobu Uematsu, the, the top 10 Uematsu compositions. So let me go ahead and put this on the screen so that you guys can see his channel. 
Mosenko, top 10 Nobuo Uematsu compositions. There have been a lot of people who have asked me to do a similar type of video. Can you do a top 10 Final Fantasy music or something like that? So mm-hmm. uh, Mosenko beat me to the punch. Go check out his video instead uh, to get <laughs> your, you uh, your, 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 some good thoughts on uh, Final Fantasy uh, music in particular. Nice. His, I'll, uh, add it. I'll check it out oh. after this. Uh, let me go ahead and put this into the the chat so that you guys who are watching on Twitch can check it out right now. And, of course, it'll be in the video description as well when it goes up on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. So that's from Mosenko. Thank you for sending that in. And lastly, from Lipstick Generation, uh, we showed one off a couple weeks ago. He's been doing uh, a song in, I guess, uh, to commemorate each episode of Game of Thrones throughout the season. Um, so he's got one for every episode. They released the last one, the reaction song, I guess, to episode six, the finale. Um, he says here, here he is, uh, didn't get a chance to post this because I've been, uh, composing a film score for an indie flick. Awesome. That's, that's great. I, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, cool. he says, but we did miss this song for the Game of Thrones finale. The entire plot of the show summed up in the song form. Uh, so if you guys, uh, liked that check out lipstick generations channel you can see all of his uh, reaction songs to the episodes from this last season that's going to be in the description as well as in the chat now so thank you for your submissions everybody good work and thank you kim and tim for for coming on it was it was a it's a pleasure talking to you guys i uh, appreciate your perspective yeah, definitely. it definitely was um the good links job moderating to, <laughs> the links to um their Instagram or, or Twitter or whatever they want uh, me to send you guys to check out their work and follow them will be in the descriptions of the video um, when it goes up. So look for that there. Uh, and until next week, thanks everybody for watching. Have a great remainder of your weekend. Adios. Peace. Yeah. <laughs>